gentlemen, and welcome back to the Event Tech Pull-Up. We are so excited that you were able to pull up with us. My name is Tess Visno from iSocialX, and my partner in crime is... Keith Johnston with i3Events. And we have some exciting guests with you today. We have two, not one, but two guests, and they are lovely ladies. Keith, tell us about our first guest. Wait, it's two guests for part two. Oh, it's the tutu. It is a tutu. tutu. <laughs> uh, so um, the first guest is going to be, and I actually got to bring it up because I had the wrong thing up here. So bear with me a second. Anna Tai, who has the coolest name in the world. And I always, we, uh, both of us, Tess, you and I both go like this every time we Anna say Tai. Anna Tai. Uh, Zubia. Uh, so she excels in building and leading marketing and revenue operations teams that serve high growth SaaS and IT technology organizations. Um, for the past 10 years or so, um, she's been managing global brand strategies, revenue pipelines, <gasps> matching best-in-class humans with best-in-class technologies, which actually, I, I love, I actually like the way she framed that. Um, and she's got, she's worked with, I actually met them both when, with, for, when they were with Attendify, but she's also done Infusionsoft and Logicalis. Um, so some really, really big names. Um, so, and, and a really, really smart lady. Perfect. And who's our other guest? <laughs> our other guest is Kelly Wyant. She is the founder and creative director of Grace Under Fire Productions, a full-service content marketing firm, a graduate of Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism, so she's tight when it comes to writing. Yeah. Um, she's a purist, as I call them. Uh, she spent the last 15 years honing her craft as a writer, marketer, and event planner for startups and established firms and nonprofit organizations. And Keith, you know what's interesting about her and this particular show, I'm excited that people can finally, finally see when I mean I am not a social media guru. Social media gurus are purists. You have to have a writer and a pure yeah. marketer who understands tech. So that's yeah. MarTech as well as pure writing to make fabulous, good social media content and building real brands. So people are always like, yeah, you do that. No, no, because I come from a Marcom background a right. hundred years ago and I know what a pure marketer is and I know what a pure writer is. Yes, that's very, very true. Um, before we bring them in, should we do some news? Absolutely, Keith. And I heard it's something interesting, exciting <laughs> that's on the horizon. Yes. Um, and I, I, I came across something the other day um, and the, the whole premise was, and we're going to have links to this in the show notes, but it's tech that disinfects. Um, I know, right? So, so, but as I started reading, because I mean, the headline just caught my eye and I'm like, oh, that's freaking interesting. Let me dive right into that. And then all of a sudden I went, oh my God, this is going to be for events. Um, one was actually a robots that are the size of a small, uh, like oven or, or refrigerator, like one of those QB refrigerators um, that they're actually using in Japan to clean the trains. Um, they're actually going nice, in. Nice, nice. Uh, apparently these things do like a eight car train in about four hours and they go through and they use hydrogen peroxide or whatever to, to disinfect the train so that when they go into service the next day, um, they're ready for folks so that they don't get COVID-19. Um, so until we have a vaccine, though, this type of technology is going to be something that is going to be extremely important um, in convention centers, 
uh, hotels, mm -hmm. exposition halls, mm -hmm. um, you know, where airports, wherever your attendees happen to be. And then the other one, which I, I you know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's one of those things where they say it's 99% effective, but it's actually a drone that, that uses UV light to actually disinfect um, places. And that's nice. always one of those things I'm like, does it really work? But apparently it's 99% effective. Well, I mean, you so. know, when it comes to technology, we are all, you know, beings and humans and cells and all kinds of things. So, you know, it's anything is possible this time. And I was out in the sun the other day and it did burn me. So I know what UV light can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does do that. Got burned in Chicago. <laughs> well, it's still cold. I get it. <laughs> uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, right, so uh, Keith, let's bring in our uh, two ladies. They are our ladies in waiting for us right now. So thank you and welcome. We're to the show, Anna Ty and Kelly. So who of the two are our tech wizard? Who's the tech wizard? It's Anna Ty. <laughs> yeah. it it's Anna Ty. Yeah. I have full dork status, as Kelly would say. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? But every content team needs that, right? Because, yeah. you know, there are so many people out there, so many organizations out there that, that have um, someone who can, and I'm going to use my sister, who used to be the executive director of an association. Um, she was awesome at content and she could find great people for content and she would find the Kellys of the world because it was her wheelhouse. The one thing she couldn't find was the tech. Right. And so you got to have the geek and you got to have, you got to have your friendly neighborhood geek. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You have, you absolutely do. And, you know, and I always tell people, I think, I think the big thing is it's really a partnership, right? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's the, the way the marketing team kind of gels together. And, and I love using this example where, you know, if you're, if you're a surgeon, right, having the sharpest scalpel doesn't make you a great surgeon. Uh, it, you know, it's really that, that practice, that expertise and the years of experience. And so, you know, somebody can operate a scalpel. That's one thing. That's the tech side of the world. And, uh, you know, and we're great at getting in there and doing that. But you really need to work together to create a great strategy with somebody who, really has you know expertise in in the content marketing craft and so working with a great writer uh and and somebody who really understands a brand experience is is vital to anybody in the tech side or you know i, I call it the rev up side or the house uh being successful so they, they can not perform separately. So you're absolutely right. You've got to put the two together. <laughs> uh, well, and they do go, you know, and it's so funny, like with content marketing, you know, you always hear, uh, I especially hear this at, with for small businesses where they're like, yeah, we need to be on the social medias on the interwebs. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just get my nephew. He's good at that stuff. Yes. Right. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. that's not a good way to do it. But yeah. to bring, to bring us around to kind of where we're trying to head, um, you know, for someone who is diving into the content marketing pond, you know, what are the, what are some of the tools that they should be looking for and, and why do they need those tools? You know, Absolutely. because, yeah, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's great. I think it's an excellent question. And, and this, this actually flows really well with the previous episode where Kelly outlined kind of the, the strategy that you need to get started with content marketing. I'm going to line up these tools exactly to that. Uh, where 
you need to be able to get in, I, I like to call it the listen and discovery section of tools. You need to monitor your niche, right? You need to be able to research who's out there talking about it. Who are the influencers? What are your competitors talking about? And, and that's a very important tool set to have. And, you know, I, I love tools like, like Ahrefs or a BuzzSumo to get in and really just keep my finger on the pulse of, of what are people talking about and then use that information to really plan out, you know, what, what makes sense for our brand and how do you build it, your content calendar to fit into that space and, and also to differentiate yourself. Um, inside of all that noise because it's, it's a busy world with lots of real estate there. Um, and then you know, that goes into the composing part of content. So when you really start in you know, and get writing, it's not just the Google Docs side of the play, right? Like it's, it's what is the visual format that your content's starting to take play in? There's tools that actually enable this. You know, is it video? Is it is something that's interactive? Are you trying to create an ebook? You know, are you working with a dev team, a design team? Uh, what if you don't have those resources? Uh, and that, that makes it a challenge. So, you know, easy tools like if you're trying to get quick design, something like a Canva, or if you're doing video, Camtasia, those are great tools to get you started. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, design, it's, it's difficult if you're not a natural designer to get in there and do it, but Canva makes it super, super easy. And, you know, something with video, Camtasia, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like if your content is great, that, that will actually resonate through and you can continue to improve your video as, as you go along through it. So don't let that hold you back from creating different pieces of content. Um, I also love a tool when I'm composing. I love Grammarly. They're what, probably one of my favorites. Um, oh. I, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I use them in a very weird way though. Um, they have a, a plagiarism check and I actually love to use plagiarism check to find sources. <laughs> so I love it. I, I love it. I, I reverse I engineer it. We tool. got a hacker in the house. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm sure they're probably <laughs> laughing at me right now. If they, if they hear this, they're going to be like, girl, that's not how our tool works. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> um, but it's a fantastic tool. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely brought in my horizons, but it also helps you, you know, much like Hemingway is another tool helps you shape that tone. So maybe your brand tone is a little bit more informative than what your natural writing tone is. So it helps you do some of that. If you don't have that other, the other members of your team to kind of mold that together. Um, this one's the big one is distribution. Kelly mentioned, you know, channels and omni-channel and you have to get your content out into the world. And it's not just getting it out into the world, like throwing, you know, a paint bucket against the wall and hoping that all the paint lands there. It's, it's exactly like if you were going to paint that wall, it's with precision and making sure that you're looking at what are the goals, who's our ideal customer profile or the acronym ICP. You'll hear marketers throw that out there a lot. Um, these, they have channels, they're hanging out somewhere. They have trusted sources. They're in groups. Where are they? What, what do they, what do they engage in? Find out and make sure that you're distributing content to those arenas um, so that you can have precision in, in those specific spaces. And I like to use tools, you know, things like a marketing automation or an ABM platform. It depends on what your organization's running, uh, HubSpot or, you know, a, a tool like Terminus. Um, these are great tools to get things out into the world because you can look at multiple, multiple channels uh, and you're not just looking at the initial distribution, but it's like, okay, if you put out an ebook and that ebook has a download form where they can download the next piece, or maybe there's a video and they filled out a form, it keeps them down that content journey. So it's not just one piece of content. It's how do you take them through a whole story of your content? And, and these platforms are going to enable you to do that. 
social media tools. Uh, HubSpot has one built in, but there's also Hootsuite and Octopost out there. Social is extremely hard to like measure and show results to. So having a tool engaged is going to really help you track that back to conversion, revenue, retention of clients. So you want to make sure that you're attaching your social media to a tool that helps you do that. Otherwise, it's really, really hard to prove the value. Even though we know that there's value, you want to put some numbers on it because it's harder for you know a CMO or a CFO to look at that and be like, okay, well, what what value are we getting here? Well, and you know, and sorry to to jump in on that one, but if you don't know the value, you do stupid things. Yes, um, yes. Right, and it's it's amazing. You know, right now TikTok's all the rage, and it's amazing how many you know organizations are like, well, we should be on the TikToks. It's like. No, you shouldn't. You know, if you under, right? I mean, unless you've got a mascot that can dance the renegade, I don't think there's no reason. Right. Exactly. You know, I had a friend who was a DJ who kept getting shut down when he went live on Facebook and Instagram, and they're like, get on the TikToks. Well, and now boils down to where is your ideal customer profile? Where's that ICP live? You know, if you're marketing to the people that spend their day on TikTok, perfect get on there, do your thing, learn all the dances, do the, the cinnamon challenge, whatever it is that you need to do at the time. But if that's not where your market is, don't be there, you know? And, and that, that's what it really boils down to. You only have so much time in your day and put it where it matters. And, and that's the important part. And those tools will help tell you. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've implemented a lot of social tools over the time and it very quickly tells you where you want to spend your time and where you don't. Yes. Wow. So I have, I have one question just um, just to add, I'm 100% with that. Um, we've always talked to our attendees around that and our audience around that. But what do you think um, in this short, hopefully short time period of COVID-19, where these people have switched and gone over to TikTok because they found it, because people are talking about it, or they've gone over to House Party because they found it. People are talking about our Marco Polo or some of these other places that their audiences normally would not live. What do you, you all think maybe, uh, or is there a short term that maybe a brand can be in it for a moment and then pivot back to where their, their, um, their um, demographic usually lives? Or do you think they'll maybe sometime part-time kind of live over there because they kind of touched it? Yeah, I think there's some challenges in both. Uh, you know, and I, and I hate to use the answer, it depends on the brand, but uh, it, it really does because, you know, when you're, when you're looking at tools, there's algorithms behind everything, right? Your, your, your TikTok video doesn't end up on the For You page because you made it and you want it to go to these particular people. Like, you don't really have that choice. You make the video and it's out in the world. And a lot of that is algorithm-based. And unless you have a team that can very quickly mobilize around how that algorithm works, producing content that's in that range and figuring out how to measure it quickly, it's really, you know, it's, it's more danger. Um, you're distracting yourself from being able to focus in on that one jewel piece of content. And so, uh, you know, that's where I caution people. If you have the resources to make a test or do an experiment, great. Like that's, I, I, I all encourage that because testing is how you kind of get into things and, and pull that playbook there. Uh, but don't let it distract you from the main prize, which is getting a great message out into the world to the right people at the right time that's going to resonate and build a relationship with your brand. So uh, you really have to evaluate it at that, at that stage because you know, a lot of these tools, it, it, it's crazy to think how many of them are out there 
I probably joined them all at one point in time just to, to observe and see, but there are a lot of distractions too. And, uh, and I think it's important to just remember that is, you know, is it, was it worth the, the energy to, to put into this test? And especially if you're a small organization, I, I would hate to see someone get a false positive, right? Yeah. They, they jump onto a TikTok or whatever it happens to be this week and it does well, right? They're seeing great reaction to it, but it's not their audience. But, yeah. but all they're seeing is a great reaction. So they keep putting more effort into it and, and taking effort out of their core channels yeah. where their audience is. Well, and does it achieve your goal? I mean, it all boils back up to the top is like, you know, are, are you aligning to the, the goals of the organization and is, are, is it bringing the people that you want to the result that you want? And, you know, in, in something like TikTok, I could put out a video and if my buyers, you know, you don't, unless you know what your buyer's cycle is, I mean, it could be two months before you actually see revenue come out of that. But you just spent, you know, two weeks producing TikTok videos. They, you know, that's a pretty big gamble. So, uh, you know, and I think it actually segues great into really that next tool set that, that I, I always, this is probably one of my favorites and something every organization needs to have in every content marketer out there. And, and I will tell you, Kelly, this is something she is great at doing, um, is unlocking your performance on content. You have to measure. And that's what's going to, that, that is what separates somebody who's dabbling in content from a true content master is they're able to say, this is what it's producing for me. And it's, it's a partnership. It's a partnership with demand, sales, success. You know, it's, it's, it's not just about your brand reach. It's like, okay, here's the goals the organization has. Here's what I'm producing uh, to attribute to those goals. Looking at things like, I mean, a content marketer should be spending their day in Google Analytics. You should know exactly how that content is performing. Don't shy away from it. Amazing resources. All you have to do is go out and, of course, Google. Google, how to learn Google Analytics. There's so many free resources out there for you to go and learn this platform, but it's free and every content marketer should be in there flexing their muscles. Um, other things like, like Moz or SEMrush, um, those are great tools as well. Some of them come with a price point, but you get in there. And that, that is, you know, from a hiring manager perspective, building out marketing teams, one of the first things I look at from a content marketer perspective, I actually don't look at their content first. I actually look to say, can they actually communicate results to me? Do they understand what their content can do for an organization first and foremost? And then I go look at the content um, because I wanna make sure that they're aligned to the same goals that the rest of the team is. Yeah, Cause yeah. You, I, you can teach content, I guess. I mean, to some, to some, to some extent, to some extent. Yeah, to some extent. You know, there is a creative side to it that, mm -hmm. that, so yeah, that actually. That are natural, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that does lead into, you know, one of the, one of the questions that we had was, you know, making your content work, your content tools work together. You know, this is one of the reasons, you know, why you want your content uh, tools to work together. Yes. I mean, if somebody asking me that specific question, there's one, there's only one right answer. Why do you want your tools to work together? Data. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 at the end of the day, that is the that's the sole answer. Of, it is. It is. Um, you know, and, and there's other there's other value points, right? Like having a, a process that's well aligned, or making your team's jobs easier, or making it where you know sales has easy access to content to share. Like those are all uh, they're they're still great goals, and they're still great pieces to have stuff work together. 
but hands down, the most important thing is to make sure you've got data. And, and that's what's going to help your content just improve and improve over time. Um, and, and I think the challenge here, and this is something that, you know, I, I literally have built a career around, is, you know, these tools historically have not talked to each other, but they are becoming more and more capable of doing that. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of trade-offs and, and there are a lot of ugly trade-offs in the, in the MarTech content, event tech, a lot of these spaces, anytime you bring technology into play, you know, you want to choose the right tool for the job, but maybe does it connect with the other tool that does the job? Uh, you know, or maybe one captures all the data you need, but it doesn't do this one part of the process that you're trying to achieve. So it's a big challenge. And, you know, I always tell people, if you're not sure, if you're an organization that's small, you don't have that person in there that's like, I built a, you know, best in, best in class performance tech stack, get a consultant. I mean, seriously, I, I always tell people like, go out, get some help choosing these tools. They'll help you build a great use case. They'll coach you through what tools are available, what's going to meet. They can help you negotiate down. Sometimes you can even get better pricing uh, if you're working with consultants. So I tell people, if you don't have someone in house that can make these tough decisions, don't be afraid to ask the experts. Uh, and and that's, that's a great area of advice to get integrations. And sometimes even they can provide those services that help you integrate them. Um, so even better, you're not you know, spinning the wheels trying to write a script to get one thing to talk to the other. Um, you can actually get right down to what's most important there and how, what's the strategy to utilize these tools. That's really where those, those key plays come in. So um, don't, don't negate the strategy if you can, you can offshoot the other part of it. Yeah. And I will add that um, I think those are all excellent points. Anatai and I have worked together for years and multiple organizations, you know, creating content and, and handing it off to her and usually a team of, of people that are, um, that are really driving the, the, the distribution. Um, and what I've come across is that from a, when you're, when you're talking to creatives or content producers, you have people that fall upon this, this kind of continuum in terms of the spectrum of how tech savvy they are. Some people are just not into it at all and they just want to produce content and don't want to get involved. Some people are more like me, like they actually enjoy getting into the tech part of it and um, into the automation as long as it's completely set up, the templates are set up and it's ready to go, but they don't want to the back end and create workflows and the dark, I like to call it the dark side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they'll break stuff like you have never seen before. Um, but, but, but I think when you talk about a markups team or a RevOps team, um, it's really important when you're looking at tools, not, you know, we talked about integration do they, are they able to provide that data you need, but what's the UX? I mean, like for your internal teams, are they going to use it? Because you could have the greatest tool ever and it can do everything for you, but if you know the lowest person on your tech savvy totem pole can't figure it out then you you, you got a massive speed bump there so i think that's really important and that's why I, i've been lucky enough to work with people like anatai and other mark ops teams that really take that into account when they're choosing um platforms or integrating different platforms i think that's that's really important which which is actually you know why I think Google Analytics is is such a you know you want people to know what their website stats are and you know and traffic and and where stuff is going and how it's going. But the back end of Google Analytics is so scary for so many people that it's you get in even I go in there and I'm like ugh you know so and talk about your tools working together. 
So for, for the back of some of our client websites, we found a nice tool that actually talks to Google Analytics and it presents them with just the top level stuff, right? Just yep. what they need. Yep. You know, if somebody else needs to take a deep dive in there, the Google Analytics is still there, but they can see, you know, but for the client, they can go in and they can actually see the most important information, not the granular stuff that, because man, it, that is one tool that just yeah. makes me, it makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's, it is, you're absolutely right. It's so complex at that, at that point. And there's, you know, there's some aggregator tools. If you're using like a backend of like WordPress, there's some plugins that help do that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those components and I, I, you bring up a great point and, and that's why I tell people, I'm like Google analytics, it, it's, it's free, which is incredible. Um, and definitely a tool I won't go without, but yeah, it's hard to learn. And, uh, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, getting, getting in there and learning that those platforms, it's tough. It's, it's like that with any tech. And I think that becomes one of the biggest speed bumps in people's careers is, you know, they, they're in this, and I, and I, I look back, you know, marketing has changed in, in the time that I've been in this and it's such an extreme manner where, you know, it's it, here you have these, these concepts and you were measuring it one way. And now it's like this huge digital array where we have more data than ever before data isn't clean we have tools that are difficult to try to figure out what's working and what isn't and it's tools that don't talk to each other and it's created this entire industry of business intelligence i mean <laughs> we literally do nothing but chew data for breakfast yeah. which is great i love those guys uh, but it is it's it's a challenge and so any way that you can simplify this um, i encourage it you find a quick tool that works well for you and your team uh, you know, train. The best way to train is train internally, find your internal champions and have them share best practices with each other. Uh, you know, I, I find I've, I've taken so many different trainings for tech platforms online. And the best way is just working with another individual to say, Hey, okay, I know how to do this. You know how to do that. Let's show each other. Um, and, it, and it really boils down to that because, you know, you're, you're going to use the tools different than another organization is. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to sit down and, and admit what you don't know and say, let's figure it out together. Well, and figure out that process, right? You know, there's a reason why, you know, the McDonald's and Wendy's and Fuddruckers are on every corner, right? It's because they've come up with a process to create the food and get, right? Marketing can be a process yeah. too. You know, just because you have a, a set way of doing things, A, B, C, D, E, doesn't mean you have to take the creativity out of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can still be creative and have amazing content, but it just makes it easier, especially if someone has to leave your team or you're bringing people into your team. You can be like, this is how we do it. Well, yeah, I, would argue with, I would argue that having a process actually allows you to be more creative and to be more agile because you've got the you don't have to spend so much time figuring out how to do something. You can you, you have this process in place and then you can tweak it um, yep. as you go along. Um, it just makes you be able to react and, um, much more quickly. Yes. Well, and you know, and, and actually to this right here, Tess, you and I in, in a few short weeks have come up with, you know, it's uh, granted, it's not the world's best process, I'm sure, but it is a process and, and, and it, it, we refine it every time, but each time we're getting better and better at doing this because yep. we have the process. Yeah. Your muscle, your muscle memory kind of it builds that in and I, and I love it too, because the more team members that once they start utilizing that process, I think it's, you know, the way I equate it is one of my favorite things to do coming into an organization. If you're in a leadership role, 
you know, a lot of leaders jump right in and they start in their, their, their little, you know, silo. And, and I tell people, I'm like the best leaders get out and they work in all the other departments to try to learn it. And that's why I love bringing people in that process because every new set of eyes you get on it, they're going to make an improvement. Um, and it's because their job is unique or the way they're looking at it is, is, you know, from a different perspective. So I, I love that. And I, I think another key thing that I tell people with technology and I absolutely have some horror stories of things that I've done is don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I've sent emails to yeah. the wrong list of people. I've said it with, you know, an empty subject line. I mean, it, it sucks. It does. It sucks. It's like, damn it. Why did I do that? But you're going to make mistakes. Like we are mm. only human. And, you know, if we were intended to be technology, we'd be programmed and, and we probably wouldn't be having such a lively conversation right now. <laughs> Right? It's a lot of beep, boop, boop, you know, but, but that's the, re that's the reality of it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to admit a mistake, you know, fail fast and, uh, fail often. Yeah. And, and fail, fail often. often, pick up the pieces and go for it. So, yeah. you know, I, I, and if, if COVID-19 has taught me anything, anybody can learn technology, anybody can learn technology and, and we're seeing it. Everybody's embracing new tools every single day. So, uh, you know, if, if they can do it, any marketer can. So uh, don't be afraid of touching it. Well, Tess, what do you think? I think we've we've hit our time, and that's actually probably a great place to to come to a conclusion. I think it is. I think she wrapped it up very well. And I really appreciate you for being here. Kelly, I appreciate you for being here and my partner in crime as well. We are very happy to have you all. Um, and hopefully we can reach out to you all again in the future if we have some other questions. Um, in our show notes, we'll have all the details around some of the jargon that the ladies spoke about today, some of the links to the tech that Anatai spoke about, and some of the content tips as well. So you want to send us on key i have no words of wisdom this week this has been the event tech pull up and we are excited please share our uh, url with people it's eventtechpullup.com where you can pull up with us any way you want to on your scooter on your phone on video or just blast us through the radio thank you all and have a good day even in the car <laughs> yes you can pull up with us in the car